On this episode of Bite Sized, we are watching and reviewing the 12th scene of the movie Twilight. That is from minute 1350 to 1443 for those of you watching along at home. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Bite Sized. I am always, as your host, Ben Abair. If this is your first episode of the show, welcome. Glad to have you. Here's what's going on. I am watching the Twilight movies one scene at a time in chronological order. I'm on episode 12. I'm about 13 minutes into the movie. This is going to take a very long time. I have a different guest join me every week. Uh, they generally have no idea what's going on because I send them about a minute of movie, and if they've never Never seen the rest of it before. That's all the context they get. My guest today is an actor, an improviser, a TikTok personality from the account at my roommate Ryan. Ryan Wenzel, welcome to Bite Size. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I'm honored I'm to humbled, have you here. Humbled to be here. You're humbled and humbled. Humbled, humbled. You are the titular roommate, Ryan. It, as it appears, yeah. As it as it is, so as God said. What is it like? Because for those who don't know, how would you describe at my roommate Ryan? It's an amazing enterprise for me because mm-hmm. my roommate or my ex roommate, uh-huh. uh, my divorcee. Most people would say former roommate. Former roommate, um, ex, whatever, all of the above. Uh, just like takes content of me, and mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with posting, editing. I'm bad at all that stuff, yeah. so I get to just sort of exist, eh, be crazy, eh, you know. Your ex-roommate and my ex-podcast guest, Allie Ring. Yes, yes. Listeners may remember her from episode four. Just sort of does all that for you. And I guess my question to you is, how do I get in on that? How do I find someone who just makes I, me... A, you know what? I'll yeah. hook you up with my management. Okay. <laughs> and and maybe they can... Well, you know, or your current living partner. That's you the, hear that? That's the problem, though, because <laughs> we sort of have the opposite situation where I, I take video of her mm. that gets big, usually on Instagram. Uh, right. So I, I'm on the wrong side Change of it. Change it to, to the talk. Ryan, let's get into the episode. I'm going to start this out the way I start every interview on the show, and that is by asking you, what is your history with the Twilight franchise? My Twilight journey began yeah. in 2020. In oh, the recent. midst of the pandemic, yeah. Uh-huh. And I had understood Twilight from afar, but I don't think... You know how if you watch, like, the Fast and Furious movies, it's like, yeah, that's what I knew they were about yeah, before I, s- I watched the Fast and Furious movies? I think the only Fast and Furious movie I've seen is number seven. Yeah. And, and I, like... like- Exactly what you'd think. Right. You know? I jumped in number seven of the franchise, didn't feel like I was missing on anything. Exactly. Yeah. But with Twilight, I felt like it deviated so many of my expectations. Okay. Like right off the bat. I was like shocked. It's so campy. I watched oh, for all sure. four in a 48 hour period. All, all five. All five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess four books, five. five movies. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And, I mean, I laughed, I cried, uh-huh. I danced, I sweat, I had many epiphanies. So this was this was your complete first time then with mm-hmm. any... How did that come to be if you had never read them before, you never seen them before? I guess I'll just be straightforward. Did Allie make you watch them? No, my really? other friend did. Okay. In, um, like, I went on a little road trip to visit my friend in Columbus, and that's all we did that weekend, Yeah, is sit and watch 
the Twilight movies. Interesting. Because I was like, I had never seen them. And she's like, you need to see this. You need to see this to yeah. believe this. Okay. I mean, and I, oh my God, I laughed so hard I cried. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah, it sounds like this is a life changing experience. It really so was. Let's talk about the before times mm-hmm. before 2020. You hadn't watched them. You hadn't seen them. Were you at least aware of them? I was aware, but I was a I was a Potterhead. You know, I don't, oh. I don't mean to say that. On the, I don't know if that's a safe space on uh-huh. this podcast, but I was a Potterhead. So I didn't really dabble. I just knew there were wolves and. Are they technically vampires? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're vampires. straight up vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's ain't no thing. technically about it. It's like when I watch something, I only remember how I like feel about it. I forget like what happens in the plot. And then what about after? How did that change your perspective on the films? It was so different. And I yeah. think the thing that struck me, particularly I remember watching this scene. Really? And being like, okay, I get it now. Really? Like it is so much lower budget at least the first one uh-huh. than i expected yeah and i didn't really understand the kristen stewart like that she kind of makes the same emotional expressions no matter how she's expressing yeah and like you get all of that in this scene you know you get the For full sure. spectrum of her emotions which is very minimal and like the moody music the mm. like kind of shitty like way it's shot like it looks like it's shot by like a high school student could like yeah. be behind the camera apologies to director Catherine Hardwick. oh yeah Catherine. i mean I, I you did amazing yeah you did amazing but um in what way did it look like it was it was shot by a high school or be specific i think it was like the ca- the camera quality and oh. i don't know how else to say that it was just like, like uh and and the lighting okay in what in what way? I I don't even know. I just okay. remember thinking this feels like an independent project. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like not like a big budget franchise. It definitely feels like a sort of test because mm-hmm. as the movies go on, they do change a little bit from mm-hmm. a cinematography standpoint. Yes, a thousand percent. The first one definitely is kind of a standout in that regard. You can um, see that they like started to make money. You yeah, know? yeah, and, and they started to they the would, studios start yeah. to invest more time and effort into it for sure before we get too far away let's talk about what this scene is it's sort of a montage of sadness it's that scene where edward's not at school bella's in a parking lot and edward's not there i plan to confront him and demand to know what his problem was and then she's in class and he's not there but he never showed and then she's in a lunchroom and edward's not there and the next day another no-show that's about it one of my favorite things about the scene yeah. is the music. Uh huh. How would you describe the music? Um, <laughs> and like yeah. moody guitar. When I think Twilight yeah. music, that that is the yeah. first thing that comes to my mind. It's incredible. It really sets the emotional tone for the scene. I it think. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tells you exactly. A, how she is feeling, but B, this is sort of an angsty teenage high school girl. It expresses a longing without really even saying it. It is so true. Yeah, let's just get to this scene sort of one location at a time. We start in the school parking lot. The Cullens drive in. Girls in one car, boys in the, the other. Why did they not drive together? Well, and that the the two siblings, the 
fuck ass Bob one, uh-huh. and then the the very blonde one. Yeah, Aren't yeah. They Alice, like, Alice, and sort Rosalie. Of like, the the guy aren't they sort oh. of like a thing yes jasper and rosalie right yes so like they give that energy like in every every time that they look uh-huh. at anyone they're giving that like bi couple energy uh-huh. of like we saw you from across the room like and we really like your vibe yeah but then why aren't they in a car together right because they, the other two always together alice and emmett also a couple so why did they split right. up for little? Why did they? Why did they gender segregate their car trips? You make a good point because yeah. it's not like they're trying to like hide their relationship with each other at uh-huh. school. It's not like they're separate. Like once they exit the car, they're together right. in lock, and they're driving from the same house to the same school. Yeah, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah, my only thought is, well, there's one of two reasons. First of all, the cars in this high school parking lot are impossibly cool. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Bella's cool old truck that as much as they make to try to make it seem like a burden right it's a cool old truck right. you, Wait, where forks. forks forks oh that is another one of my favorite details of the whole series is that it's the town is called Forks. that's one of those things that you don't think it could be real right until you learn no it's actually it's called Fork. forks washington there's a surfer van with like a beaded curtain mm-hmm. again too cool for your average high school and the cullens drive in in like a mercedes convertible and like a real nice jeep with the soft top off so my question for you, Ryan, were the cars in your high school that cool? No. Because it seems like... Simply no. It seems like everyone at Forks High drives just an amazing car. It was a lot of Camrys. Yeah. A lot of like early or late 90s Camrys. What did you specifically drive? I drove nothing. Okay. I didn't have a car. I But I always like rode with friends to school. Okay. Or my mom dropped me off. Shout out to Lori. She really put in a lot of hours on Salem Drive, getting me to Schomburg High School, home of the Texans. We are SHS. I'm a huge Schomburg High School fan. Good, good. Glad to hear it. We all are here at Bite Sized. Yeah, and so the only thing I can think is, as they are driving in, first off, they want to show off the fact that they have two cool cars. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, Edward, not Edward, he's not in that, Emmett is like standing in the back of the Jeep. Yeah, an insane choice an insane choice and if jasper's driving and emmett is sort of standing there's not room for two other people in the jeep yeah like one one of the girls could sit in the front but the other would just be like weirdly pressed up against emmett so if they always know that jasper's gonna be on his bs yeah like, and em- emmett's gonna demand to stand and he right. will not move so just don't bother right get in the other car yeah that's fair maybe he really stakes a cl- like he like a dog pees on their territory. Uh, this is how he gets to school every day. Yeah. And I guess Edward can drive his own car because the Cullens hate the environment. Just, I mean, that's a good point, too. They've lived forever, so they should know the consequences of climate change. Yeah, you really don't but, think about your carbon footprint when you live forever. Right. Because that's got to be pretty significant at a certain point. Bella's there in the parking lot. She's reading something. This what? is my favorite part. All right, let's get into it. This is my favorite part of the scene. The Twizzler toss. Yeah. Of the guy, the guy throws a Twizzler at her. Mike, I think. I don't remember. Who's to say? It could be anything. Could be literally anyone. Um, and the face she makes, the uh-huh. expression she makes. I don't even know what she's trying to convey. Like, I'm reading. Mm, I know. Like, I don't know. Is that what she's like? Like, I can't talk. I'm reading. She gives this face like, homework, am I right? Yeah, like, right. Like, certain people, when they come into the office on Monday, are like, right. gotta be here. Right. When they're like standing waiting for the Keurig to finish their coffee. It's unclear why Mike is trying to get her attention or... She's just so cool. They want 
her to come over and talk to them, I guess. Yeah. What do you think she's reading? Uh, it looks like a play. Oh, it could be a play. I, I watched this very carefully. And just the like, way it's like the, the words are laid out. It doesn't, it's not like paragraphs from sort of margin to margin. Yeah. It looks like a play. The Fifty Shades of Grey screenplay. Um, <laughs> Early copy. You know, it could be anything. It could be uh, The Crucible. I could mm. see her ass reading The Crucible. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like witchy stuff. Yeah. If it's a play, it's definitely something dark and weird. Yeah. But I could also see it being like some YA novel. Oh, a interesting. A la Twilight. Like, yeah. She, maybe it's meta. Maybe she's reading Twilight. I think this movie, not known for its subtle s- <laughs> symbolism. Um, so, like, it's got to be like Romeo and Juliet, yeah. right? That's like. Oh, yeah. Some Shakespeare. Faded lovers, they die yeah. and things like that. And that's just sort of the level we're working on here with Twilight. Yeah. She's also listening to something while she reads. Could not do that. No, I could not either, right? Yeah. Because unless it's like it's just some soft instrumental music, it's going to completely take you out of there. It's probably the. Uh, uh, that's what I was about to ask. What do you think she's listening yeah. to? And I also think that it's the song that's playing. I think it's, I'm going to use a fancy word here and say that's diegetic mm. music that we're hearing. She can hear it too. Yeah. So she says that she was planning on confronting Edward the next day at school. You know. And none of us are buying that. I almost like went and looked to see like what happened before this. Cause I couldn't remember uh-huh. what happened before it in my mind. They, like, just, like, talked in class one time. Yeah. I don't re- remember if they, like, it's sort kissed of, or something. Oh, no. 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 They, it, they're just, like, flirty, and then he disappears. Yeah, it's sort of basically that. Not He's not even flirty. He acts, like, openly disgusted Aloof. by her. Yeah. Listeners to episode nine i think we'll remember we talk a lot no episode eight sorry we'll we'll we talk a lot about edward smells her oh my god right in one of the least comfortable parts of the film and then like she goes to the office and he's there trying to get changed to a new science class so that he doesn't have to be around oh my god i forgot about the smelling and the that yeah the yeah okay yeah Yeah, episode eight and nine sums that up that's what happened that's what she's supposedly going to be confronting her about but like what is she gonna say what is and she's not the confrontational type right like you smelling me was really weird like right the way you tried to change classes yeah after we met for like an hour yeah she doesn't strike me as the I mean, she kind of isn't for the rest of the series, if I remember correctly. Someone to pick a fight. The you know, fights sort of come at her. She gets a little more as time goes on, but yeah. early on, she's definitely definitely in her shell and mm-hmm. not the type that I would think would do something like that. Where is Edward during all this? Because he's gone. What do you think he's up to? Isn't he like at home or something? Like he's hiding? Is it like... Again, I could be totally right. making something up or it's like a really suppressed memory. Uh-huh. Is it like there's a full moon and he needs to hide or something? That's a wolf thing. But that is, is it, a wolf it, thing. Like, yeah, there's some sort of like timing issue that he has to stay home. It is something I, I think it's he doesn't know how to handle the fact that he is in love slash maybe wants to eat Bella. Right. That she well, okay. let's get down to it that she smells like something he has never smelled before which I can only assume is true love's smell. Right. And so he's not going to school until he figures out, I don't know, how to deal with it. Right. But like, what's he doing in the meantime? 
Is he just like, like sitting, reading, just, like, reading, mm, making just, like, that face, brooding? I mean, that's all he pretty much does when he like comes back into the picture. He's just brooding all the time. He's not learning, whether that's in for sure. public or. Does he need to learn at this point? I mean, I mean, probably not. He knows a lot about mitosis or whatever, right. as we'll see in a future scene. But I'm just, I'm just imagining him sort of out in the woods, just almost right. like, not, it's just like flash dance, right? With, or what is it, Footloose? Footloose? Footloose. When Kevin Spacey gets so mad, he has to go yeah. to that like abandoned factory and like dance out all of his anger. Oh my god, I would love that deleted scene. That would be great. That we are really robbed of what is Edward getting up to when he's just having some big feelings. The sixth movie needs to be from the alternate perspective. There is a book, Midnight Sun. Please no. That is just Twilight. <laughs> I know. I understand. And I've said before, this is not about the Twilight books. This podcast is not. If you want to listen to a Twilight book podcast, listen to something else. But there is Midnight Sun, which is Twilight written from Edward's perspective. So maybe that tells us oh, what he gets Christ. up to while he's gone. I'm sure it does. Right. I don't but care enough that's to find it. Incredible. Listener, if you know what if you've read Midnight Sun and know what Edward gets up to while he's not at school, uh don't write in the show. Don't tell us. We don't want to yeah, know. I, I'm better off not knowing. No, we truly prefer our imaginations yeah. on this one. Oh. Oh my god. Hey Mindy, wait, come here. I haven't read it. Do you wanna you wanna tell get up in the microphone and tell me what you just did? I just handed Ben a copy of Midnight Sun from my own personal Twilight collection. That is weaponization. Uh, <laughs> yeah. After hearing me say <laughs> that I don't really care uh, what's going on there, I could sit here and try to find it, but I'm not going to. Because uh, as I've I stated... I see this book. There's a, a pomegranate. pomegranate on the cover. Is What's that about? It is kind of weird. Because there's an apple. Like you said, it's not about the books. But no. why is there an apple? Is there an apple in Twilight? Well, I, the apple is, again, going back to that super subtle imagery. Like, right. right. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the apple of, you know, the Garden of Eden right. and Original Sin. and Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, pomegranate of Original Sin, too. Sure, the pomegranate, you know, from the Bible that we're all familiar yeah. with. Moving on. We're in the lunchroom. <gasps> Anna Kendrick jump scare. Anna Kendrick. That was a shock to me when watching it for the first time. Yeah. I had never perceived Anna Kendrick as being in the Twilights. No. Until I watched it. Because she just emotionally and, and sort of thematically is not the kind of person that is in a Twilight movie. Yeah, I feel like she. it was like a concerted public image effort to never mention it. She uh -huh. never brought it up ever in anything i've ever seen because this was like a this was like her big break basically I ne i've never seen her in press photos i've never seen her at like premieres right. you know like Kristen stewart and robert patters pa pattinson pattinson were like yeah. everywhere and even like i remember alice and her insane haircut yes. everywhere too uh-huh like but anna kendrick she never popped up to promote this movie no well she wasn't she wasn't a major character she was not a famous actor yet. Yeah, that's this really fair. springboarded her into like this. This came out in two thousand eight, so it's about four or five years before Pitch Perfect. Yeah, which I feel like is when Anna Kendrick really took off. So I saw Spencer, right? Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, she's really good." Yeah. Then I saw Twilight. So I saw Spencer, and then I saw Twilight. Interesting. If that timeline adds up, then yeah. Or I saw them pretty closely together. Right. But do we think? That the way that Kristen Stewart plays Bella in 
the first Twilight movie, it's like a character choice mm-hmm. or it is her first role? Well, it's not her first role. Because f- you, you're not familiar with Kristen Stewart's career pre-Twilight? There was a career She had a long career as a child actor. What? It, she was in an action movie called Catch That Kid. Was she Where the kid? she's like a child... Sp- she's one of them. And she's like some sort of spy. I think there's a go-kart what? chase. I'm not familiar. You guys, I really need you. Let's go save your dad. The Climber. We're going to make our way to the safe. It's suspended 100 feet off the ground. The Hacker. I created a digital blueprint of the build. Awesome. The Driver. I'm ready. You ready? Let's hit it. Oh. On February 6th, they're on a mission. Release the dogs. Run. Without permission. My mom's going to kill me. I think she's in the movie Panic Room. Oh my god. A little home god. invasion thriller. She plays with Jodie Jody Foster? Foster's daughter. Oh my yeah. god. They're going downstairs. That room. The panic room. No, you've got to press emergency stop. She, I think, was in the movie Zathura. Basically, Jumanji in space. What is that? What is that? What's going on? Where are we? Somebody please talk to me right now! They're gonna board us. What's gonna board us? You guys look alive, okay? What's gonna board us? The Zorgons! What's a Zorgon? They're lizard men. They eat meat. We're meat! Sorry, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Sorry to this woman. I had no idea. That she had such a lucrative career. Don't worry, that's what I'm here for. Uh, but this Twilight. this sort of, I think, takes her out of that child star sort of fun girl in mm-hmm. a supporting role and re- made her into the leading adult actor that eventually right. would become Charlie's Angels Reloaded. Oh my gosh, that's right. It's just that I'm so good at so many things. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like what? Well, you stole aid money from women and children, refugees. Oh, baby, baby, you swiped right. I'm your girlfriend now. So do you think that these were character choices? The lack of emotion, the like, mm, you know, or no, simply because I don't think they would have given her I don't remember how old she was when she made the movie, when she made the first Twilight movie, but I don't think they would have given her that much sort of choice Mm. in in defining the character on her own. I feel like this has got to be like the writer and the director sort of telling her, this is who the character is, this is what you're going to do, be sad, bite your lip, blink three times every second. You know, I'd love to see a deleted scene where... She just like tries something different. Yeah. Like she goes, she's like quirky Bella. Yeah. And they're like, we need you to tone it down. Because she know? has range. Right. Yeah. Like maybe she maybe she tried at times to be like, I'm gonna do something different, like right. this take. And then they were like, No, you're you've gotta reel it in. I yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was just playing it safe and just like, this franchise is on me. I gotta do what the adults say I gotta do. In high school theater. I was very active in high school theater. I need the listeners to know that. You and um, most of our previous guests. I mean, they would always say, we'd rather you go big yeah. and we ask you to tone it down than like not doing enough. Yeah. I hope there's a world where that happened with Kristen Stewart, where she just went big and they asked her to tone it down. 
no one in these movies really gets to go, or at least in the first Twilight movie, mm-hmm. no one gets to go big. Yeah. It's a lot of toned down performances. Yeah. Except for kind of, Anna Kendrick is the only one who gets to be a little, a little big, I mm-hmm. guess. I am so sorry to the director for saying that it looks like it was shot by a high schooler. I just wanted to apologize I still want to know what exactly looks like a high school movie. I think it's the lighting quality Uh that it's all just like this gray. Yeah. And... (gasps) Ryan Wenzel, that is the bluebell. Congratulations. Uh, Every time someone comes on this show, with maybe only one or two exceptions, they mention how weird the color is in this movie. They usually mention how blue, but you said gray, and that's close enough for me. Yeah! So that dinging I you just won. heard is the bluebell. Congratulations. Wow. I had to really, you came so close to mentioning that earlier. Yeah. And I had to bring it back around. And that is truly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's it's the, the color. blueness, the it's grayness. the weird color the, grading of yeah. the movie. Absolutely. We get the lunchroom scene. Uh, we get, again, something we've seen before. And that is the Cullens don't eat human food but they have to pretend to eat human food. Which is amazing. Um, and so let's just do a quick rundown of the food that they are eating. Let's go left to right from on the screen. Here we have Emmett, who has a banana that, as you can mm-hmm. see, is half peeled. And the peeled half that he would allegedly be eating is the half oh, that's on the table. Oh, my God. Uh, that is the wrongest way he could have put that banana on the table. And he's been around for hundreds of years, right? You'd think like he you would should, know. You know at this point. Maybe a hundred years ago when he was a person, they didn't have ready access to bananas. Right. So yeah, he's not a hundred percent sure how to use it. Moving on to number two, we've got Rosalie there who I, ha- it's hard to tell what that is, but it kind of looks like a gallon size Ziploc bag with a sort of cantaloupe wedge mm-hmm. in it. I think oh, that's, yeah, you're right. I think that's what that is. Next up we have Alice who has just some sort of weird, ball of tin foil in front of her what do you think is in there <laughs> it's probably some other sort of fruit rind okay right like that's what they all seem to be i'm guessing baked potato chewing oh yeah I yeah can see baked... the hair i the you know hair. i it always gets me four out of four we got jasper here his lunch is a diet pepsi yeah and then right there on the table is just a single baby carrot is that what that is I th- it's a little yeah. it's a little orange guy yeah. Uh, just not on a plate, not in a bag, just a baby carrot on the table. Uh, and that's that's our look at the Cullen lunches for today. Oh you know, like they would be, everybody would be talking about them in yes. like a real high school. Like, yes. What's their deal? What, you know? They have the craziest food that yep. they don't seem to eat. Not at all hiding their incestuousness. No, no. There's like, there's no way. Uh, maybe like... You know, the students can't tell they're vampires, I guess, right. but there's clearly something deeply wrong right. with them. There's There are some red flags out there. For sure. The way they drive into school mm-hmm. in their separate cars. Standing. Just weird. Yeah. yeah. One last segment before we finish up, and that is another entry of Extra Extra. Extra! One of my favorite things to do when I watch a movie mm-hmm. is look in the background and find the most extra extra. Yes. That is a background actor who is just sort of doing their own thing. There's no way they were told to do that. Today's extra extra is a student who is dressed in all black and sort of runs through the background of one shot hunched over their lunch tray. Let me see if we can find it there. <laughs> that guy right there. No idea what's going on. <laughs> if I didn't know any better, I would say he's not an actor and is like some sound guy like who a PA. didn't right yeah. didn't realize he was in the shot. 
I'll post this on social media when the episode drops, as well as the sort of lineup of weird lunches. But there's Anna Kendrick, there's Kristen Stewart, and just zoom oh, right through the background. He's like hunched over, like he's he's would worried. Love to know his story. I would love, and that's Twilight is full of that. Yeah, Twilight is full of people that you're like, I want to know what's going on books with from you. Other perspectives. Yeah, I need movies from other perspectives. Books from that guy. Yeah, books from the inhaler guy yep. from a few episodes ago. Oh my god. Uh, Ryan Wenzel, we're getting close to the end of our time here, wow. so I'm going to oh ask. God. I'm going to ask the final question okay. of these interviews. That is, if you had to give this scene a name, what would it be? And this is going to be the name of the episode, so make it good. If I could somehow say what the, like, ah, 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 okay. but that's, like, not it. That's going to be hard for me to right, type exactly. into so, the title. Like, like brooding about Eddie. Brooding about Eddie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We sticking with that? Okay, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. Because that's what she's sort of doing. Before we wrap things up, I've been telling y'all for the last few episodes how to email the show. And guess what? We got an email from a listener, so I'm going to read it here on the air right now. It starts off, Hi, Ben. I've been enjoying your bite-sized podcast. Thank you. I began when you interviewed my daughter, Lily, but have since listened to them all. Although biased or not, I think episode six is the best one. Speaking of Volleybonk, I've decided to watch Twilight again. Pretty sure I only read and saw the first one just in case Lily wanted to chat about it when she was a teenager. Talk about... Talk about some great moms. I love that. That just warms the cockles of my heart. Due to your podcast, I've been noticing all the details you pointed out, but did see the little girl reappear, see attached photos. Maybe her dad's the gym teacher. Are there different edits versions of the movie? No, there are not. But there's clearly no one driving that tractor trailer in the earlier scene, though. You asked for listeners to give input by emailing you, so there you go. Thank you for being direct. Uh, Keep up the great work, Amy. Amy, thank you very much. I can see now... You do see the little girl different in a, in a later shot. She does reappear. Amy so, doing God's work out here. Just sol- out here solving the mystery from six episodes ago. If you, listener, whether or not you are the mother of one of my past guests, want to email the show, you can send an email to my favorite Twilight podcast at gmail.com. I tried to come up with something that involved the name of the show, Bite Size. They were all taken. So I just did that. Ryan Wenzel, if people want to send you stuff about Twilight, where can they do that? On social media, perhaps? You can at Ryan's Rhinestagram, which is my Instagram. And that's probably the best. If you want to follow the show, you can follow at BitesizedPod underscore on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can follow us on TikTok, but I haven't posted anything there yet. I said I decided August was going to be the month I figure out TikTok. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a beast in of, of itself. And I have not opened it, and we're, we are a few weeks into August. You've got days. I think September might be the month mm-hmm. I figure out TikTok. If you like the show, tell a friend, give us a review. Word of mouth is truly our best way to get word out about the show. You know how podcasts work. It's the year 2023. I don't need to tell you what to do, but please do it anyway. Thank you to my editor, Ben Oksher, for putting this show together. Thank you to the band Swimwear Department for the use of their song, Mauled to Death, as our theme song. That is it for today's episode of Bite Sized. Until next time, as we always say at the end of every episode... Uh, bye bye <laughs> that's it that's all you got all right
actually like that a lot better. Bye. Bye. See you next time.